Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Extension 720 here on 720 WGN. The Bulls play their final game at the United Center tonight for the 2018-2019 season. They lost. To the Knicks, at least the Bulls were consistent, down to the end. <laughs> the Knicks and the Bulls are both in rebuilding mode. The Knicks are going to have the best chance in the lottery to land the number one pick and Duke superstar Zion Williamson. But this isn't the first time either of these squads have had lottery picks, yet the losing has continued. But the NBA keeps growing without these big market teams. Bulls, Knicks, and now the Lakers. Speaking of the Lakers, breaking news, as we just mentioned, Magic Johnson reportedly stepping down as president of basketball operations. Has the NBA moved on from needing these big market teams to compete? Brandon Scoopy Robinson, senior writer for Basketball Society and a writer for Heavy Magazine, uh, also the podcast Scoopy Radio. Uh, great to have you. And I, like I said, pretty lucky to have you in studio tonight. I'm glad to be here. Um, Amazing. I mean, you're at the game tonight. I want to talk about that. Yes. But the it, there was so much made about the return of Magic Johnson for him taking over the team that he was what the Lakers needed. Uh, he obviously was instrumental in getting LeBron James to L.A. This season has been a train wreck. I, I mentioned right before the break that the expectations, in a way, even more disappointing than a Bulls season because we knew they were going to be in a rebuild. There were expectations on this squad, this Lakers squad, that they might you know, compete uh, for a title with LeBron James, but they didn't come anywhere near that. Yeah, and I, I'll add that the line of demarcation for the Lakers this season this year was LeBron James's groin injury on Christmas Day and the persistent trade rumors uh, surrounding Chicago's own Anthony Davis mm-hmm. uh, potentially leaving the Pelicans and going to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. That was not fruitful. Uh, you have a team where there was rumors that Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and the kitchen sink and their cousin baby mama's best friend were all going to the New Orleans Pelicans. I've been I've been running all day. Um, so I think at the end of the day, when you really look at the, what the proof is in the pudding, it, it stinks. You know, it, it is interesting when you think about Magic Johnson and his tenure because uh, you mentioned right before the break just his relationship with the coach was fractured all year. You sure. had to feel that he was going to fire him. 
you're right. You rarely see the debacle that happened with the Pelicans trade play out like that publicly, where where even be, when when it all came out, it almost felt like they were the Pelicans were were dogging the Lakers, like they were playing with them in some way. It didn't seem very uh, professional by any. Well, standard. you also have to take into account um, that the Pelicans are owned by the Benson family, who also own the New Orleans Saints, uh, and they play seconds from each other in downtown North uh, New Orleans. Um, Dell Demps was fired. Dell Demps was the general manager of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans was fired actually during NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, spoke to Del, Del Demps played in the NBA, spoke to some of uh, Demps' closest friends, and they were just ticked off uh, that they let him go, particularly during All-Star Weekend. They mm. said some four-letter words. We were on live radio. But what I will say is that Demps and the Lakers, I've heard different versions of the story. The deal was done. There were different variations of that deal. And basically, Demps did not have the last word. Some organizations, general managers or team presidents, they can sign off on certain things. Demps had a shorter leash. Um, and, and what I'll tell you is, and, and just talking to former members of the Pelicans organization, there was no surprise um, that he was gone. And it, it was kind of a situation where LeBron James, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, Magic Johnson, and all parties involved tried to make something happen mm. that didn't exist, wouldn't exist, and I don't know if the jury's still yeah. out if it can exist because now you're going to the offseason. You know, does it does a does a high profile end of a of a tenure with Magic Johnson and Lakers? Does it put pressure on some other uh, tenuous situations in the NBA, notably in Chicago? But but the idea that other programs that aren't working or or teams that aren't doing well does it does it put more of a spotlight on the fact that they're not they're not succeeding? Well, you know, I, it's, it's interesting you say that because I, I spoke to our buddy Lawrence Holmes uh, earlier yeah. today, and I said to him that the Bulls can't sell players on. Um, nostalgia Michael Jordan just like the Lakers can't sell folks on multiple championships um, I think that it's based off the product that's on the floor and I think that um, history shows within the last 10 years of the NBA you don't have to be in a major market to win a championship LeBron won a championship in Cleveland mm-hmm. he's from Northeast Ohio um, uh, the, the gone has the, have been the days of where you had to go to Madison Avenue you can bring Madison Avenue to you right and so I, I think that's the difference. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo this season. Right. They could potentially go to the finals. And he's a big, he's already, you're starting to see him in commercial after commercial. You, you're right. He does not need to live in L.A. Then why did LeBron James go to L.A.? I mean, I, I, was, I was sold on the idea he wanted to be close to Hollywood. What do the Lakers and the Celtics have in common? They produce stars. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is the face of the NBA. Um, some argue with Steph Curry. LeBron is the modern day Michael Jordan for the league. I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan. We're not we're not arguing tonight. (laughs) But what I will say to you is um, I think there was a duality. LeBron recognized when he came to the NBA that he was a brand. He lives like a brand. He ties his shoes like a brand. He chews his gum like a brand. Oh, and yeah, by the way, Space Jam 2 will be taped this summer. It's easier for him. A lot of tax credits being divvied out as well this summer. You know, the story in Chicago that's been given to the fans and as this this the season wraps up, and it's the second or third now. There, you know, I, I don't want to get. There was they had the one playoff run with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. but the story is that the Chicago Bulls are a successful entity in the NBA. They, they have are. they have a branding. They have seats are filled. If you go to the United Center, I went and watched a game this year. It was packed. So, is there an incentive for this team to? 
make drastic changes to excite the fan base? Or is it plot the course and hope the course is right? You know, it's funny. I, I'm a child of the 90s. Uh, I grew up watching the Bulls and the Michael Jordan in the 90s, Scotty, Rodman, uh, and what have you. I'm a brand ambassador for, for Zenny Optical. Zenny, they want me to say Zenny. They flew me out here. I think that a lot of times um, with Zenny, I think that they mentioned in their, pre- their introductory press conference about their, their move that this is an iconic franchise. Because I'm a child of the 90s, I have to now think like my parents. When they were looking at the Lakers and the Celtics and the Yankees and the Dodgers and all those mm-hmm. teams, yeah, they are. I had to scratch my eyes and be like, well, yeah, they kind of are. We're at that point now where we look at them like that. But it's a brand new day in this instance. Most kids who are in the NBA now remember Michael Jordan as a Washington Wizard, not as a Chicago oh, no, Bull. Don't say that. No, but and I mean no disrespect <laughs> know, to your know, city, but most of these kids are born in the yeah, '90s now right, or right. late '80s. So I think that when you have big market cities like the Bulls, the the Knicks, the Lakers, the Celtics, you have to you have to recruit and woo as if what the talent is on the floor, not the location. For you, from your perch as, as a national basketball writer, what is the thought on the Chicago Bulls? Well, locally, we get caught up in everything, and we, we, there, there's so much push and pull on that organization. But are, are there any, when, when you look at the rebuilding teams, you say, oh, they're doing it the right way, or, or they're exciting, they're going to be great in a year. Is there, is there any talk about the Bulls? I think that you, quietly you hear certain things like, okay, if the Lakers and the Celtics, for example, don't get Anthony Davis, what team could get them? I can, t- I can tell you that the Denver Nuggets reached out to the Pelicans and asked them, you know, to, to potentially commence a trade at the trade deadline. They declined. I think that it would be a great homecoming with the Derrick mm. Rose documentary coming out, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I have no intel on this. Right. But I do think that it would be great for the league. It would be great for Chicago if somehow the Chicago Bulls made a uh, an interesting step or a, a mea culpa to bring not only Anthony Davis in the Fovia trade, but to also bring Derrick Rose home. There is a lot of talk about Derrick Rose, and I think that there is a soft spot in Chicago's heart. I know that um, you know it didn't work out the way we wanted to, but no one has seen anything like that. I mean, Michael Jordan is, and Scottie Pippen, they are obviously icons, but what, what Derrick Rose brought to this city it was, uh, we'd never seen a, a meteoric rise like that, and fall to be honest. Yeah, and I think that in, in Chicago, um, well, for Derrick Rose in particular, I spoke to Kevin Garnett, Farragut Academy alum, yeah. um, said to me, asked me at the be- before the season started, asked him about Derrick Rose, he said, would you start him? He, I asked, he asked me what I started him, and I said, yeah. I said, would you? He goes, hell yeah. And uh, people laughed. Derrick Rose had everything to prove on a, on a veteran's minimum contract and proved himself in the playoffs last year. And I also think, I, I'll tell you this, um, I went to school in Philadelphia and was in school during the time that Allen Iverson was roaming the earth. I even remembered Allen Iverson as a child reporter. I began at 12 years old. Um being in Chicago and living in Philadelphia, Derrick Rose is you guys as Allen Iverson. Y'all love him. And Allen Iverson yep. is not even from Philly. He's from Hampton, Virginia. There is a love that you guys have that I've not seen for a play. They, I think I think some people love Derrick Rose more than sometimes they love Michael Jordan because he's homegrown. Yeah, there is something about, and they did a great job marketing him. They really did at the time he was uh, when when he was a star, even in his rehab. Sure, there was a commercial here where uh, after he he busted his knee for the first time, and we were waiting for him to return. Sure, the stories in the newspaper were every other day saying, "Oh, you know what? I heard he's coming back earlier." Oh, they they put out this commercial where the whole city stopped because they heard like a clanking hmm. 
and it, it turned to him lifting weights. Yeah. I, there's not an athlete I can think of. I, I don't even know if that would be the case with a Chicago Bear or a they, – wouldn't, they wouldn't talk about the return from an injury in a commercial. When I was at the Source magazine uh, some years ago, I wrote a full feature on ACL injuries. I actually tore my ACL uh, back in 2011 and had surgery and sat out for a while. That's not an easy injury to come back from. And the other thing is he has the pressure – of being the hometown guy. Everybody can't play home. I don't know how he did it. He's Houdini in my book. And uh, for him to come back and just seeing his interviews, he's even the way he's marketing himself now or is branded, he's a family guy now. I think that, you know, early in, 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 right. in his career, hometown guy, um, young, having fun, yeah. whatever he does in his personal business is his personal business, you can assume. But what I'm going to say is there's a difference between a 20-something and a 30-something. Um, and I don't think he has to be all-star Derrick Rose to be effective. I don't think it's just for nostalgia's sake. I think he can help, though. You know, as you talk about playing home, does does Derrick Rose run, if he does determine if the Bulls and Derrick Rose say, let's have a, let's have a reunion? Is that a, that's a lot of extra pressure because of what happened before, and, and how do you think Chicago fans, basketball fans, react? Well, let me just say this, because I get in trouble on, t- on Twitter and, and just social media. I have no intel on Derrick Rose coming. We're talking in supposes yeah, and hypotheticals. Yeah, that's, but that's this, talk radio. But this is what I'll say. <laughs> I think that, number one, Derrick Rose is due one more big payday. Do the Bulls want to invest in Derrick Rose in that regard? That's firstly. But before we go to firstly, we'll go to number zero. They need a new coach. Yeah. Well, they have a coach that is under contract, and they, they extended him in a strange way where when he was brought in, they didn't give him an interim tag. They said, yeah, I think he's on contract till the end of next year. And, and a, lot of, a lot of sports writers and basketball fans head scratched on that. Yeah. It was about stability. Sure. And I think that when you look at that, that locker room, I know there was an issue with Hoiberg and the, and the team earlier in the season, just a lot of dysfunction. I don't know the inner workings of their locker room because I haven't really, really paid attention to the Bulls a ton. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, a lot of good assistants become good head coaches. Look at Tyron Lue in Cleveland. Um, meaning, there were players in that Bulls locker room that he probably that probably he listened to, and so he got that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pete Myers is still there. I like Pete Myers. I think he's a mainstay. But I do think that um, the coach that's there and the players that are there, you want to build around Zach Levine, and then that goes into you know what they do in the offseason. Where will they where will they land uh, in the draft? I was at the game earlier and I saw uh, you know the Knicks and the Bulls were playing. And the lottery selection will be like a month from now. I saw a fan with a Knicks number one jersey that said "Not Zion." <laughs> And the other one said, Bulls number one, Zion. <laughs> it's on my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. You'll see it there. I do think that um, the Bulls need to figure out whether they want to get a slashy guard. Um, I personally think that if they fall below number three and they get R.J. Barrett at four, they go for it. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I'm wholeheartedly. He looks like he's an NBA player already when you see him in the tournament. And you know who his godfather is? Steve Nash. Oh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Learning stuff tonight in Extension 720. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson is here. He's a senior writer for Basketball Society, also writer for uh, Heavy.com. This is podcast Scoop B Radio. We'll take a quick break, come back, and more with Brandon Robinson talking about the NBA here on Extension 720. Stay with us. Loud like church folk, heavy like workload. How you like Mercos, never sang Kirk F. Bang like Kirko, ankle like Kirk, came back like dirt rose. She always get in her own way. When I try, she always. Extension 720, we're talking basketball tonight. Tonight, very happy to have Brandon Scoop B. Robinson in studio, a senior writer for Basketball Society, also a writer for Heavy.com. His podcast, Scoop B. Radio, can be found everywhere. 3.5 million streams last year. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank on you, that. sir. And, you know, it's, kind of, it's so competitive to be a reporter in the NBA. 
and and you see more and more that people are are flocking to social media to get their news and it, it's it this is even more than i think uh football even baseball the nba is uh, it, it is very competitive so you have to develop relationships with teams and players and assistants and coaches that how do you do that how do you how do you make sure that you're at the top of your game parties <laughs> <laughs> you go to parties, you, you exchange numbers. I was at the Jordan party during All-Star Weekend. I was at Dwayne Wade Spade's party uh, during All-Star Weekend. And the other advantage I think I have is I started in the business young, and I also went to a prep school. I went to prep school with Corey Wooten, who played for the Chicago yeah, right, Bears. Right, right, right. And um, I'm 6'5". I'm I'm tall. I speak their language. And um, I think at the end of the day, it's really about who's real and who's genuine. And I try to be genuine. Corey Wooten has one of the best uh, trivia stats in in Chicago Bears history. He uh, his he was the uh, the guy who got the sack on Brett Favre yes, to end Brett Favre's career. Yes, he was. I think he might have separated his shoulder, but I just remember that that was a, he hates something that about he, it. he hates because every every Bears fan loves that. But yes, but I mean he's doing TV now and exactly. I'm happy yep, for him. yep. You know the NBA is um, is an international brand and, and it seems to be you see baseball obviously is international as well and they've spent a lot of time in uh, Latin American countries and also in Asia. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing more and more the NBA is attracting European players that are more sophisticated and more NBA ready than some of the kids that are doing one year at Duke. Surely. And you're seeing this over and over and over. Is this the future for the NBA? Are we gonna, is this an international game? It's the now and the next. And I think the catalyst for it was the 1992 Dream Team. I'll never forget Charles Barkley. They asked him in a presser, uh, what do you think about Angola? And he said, I don't know nothing about Angola, but I know Angola's in trouble. Um, I think that the Dream Team, I mean, you had guys like Tony Parker, D- Dirk Nowitzki, and others um, breaking their necks to stay up late to watch those guys play. Michael Jordan was the catalyst for brands, branding, and the global game that is basketball. He took the baton from Magic, Bird, and uh, Isaiah Thomas, and here we are. The interesting today is, as we talked about the end of Magic Johnson's tenure at the, at the Lakers, he was uh, stepping down as president of basketball operations. We talked about LeBron James a little bit. One guy we haven't talked about is, and we really talk about the end of an era is Dwayne Wade. He played here in Chicago, grew up here in Chicago Robins. Uh, he is finishing his career, and he has been on a year-long tour where they're just not unlike Kareem well, back in the day when it was his last game where they're just giving him boats and different prizes. Everywhere sure. he went, I was at the game where they played the Miami Heat at the United Center, and, and, and we had to stop the game three times for, for Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade celebrations. Mm-hmm. But this tonight was the, his last game uh, in Miami. Miami. It, it, his, his mark... Uh, this kid's mark, and now I say kid. He's you know he's he's he's, he's a grown 38. man. He's a grown man. <laughs> but his mark sure. on basketball, he reinvented himself, and he sought wise counsel. He won his first championship in 06 with Shaq when he was traded from the Lakers. Shaq taught him about branding and ambassadorship, and he took that and ran with it. And then he teamed with two other guys, and Chris Bosh and, and LeBron James and Ray Allen, and won two more championships. And um, I think that he also has a, a at least visually a good the optics with the marriage with with Gabrielle Union who who knows how to construct a brand as well. So mm-hmm. I think um, for him, I'm excited for what happens after the after uh, the NBA. And most people don't get a retirement tour. Shaq didn't get one. And I think more than anything, I think he's a genuine guy. I actually talked to Dwayne a couple months ago, and I said, hey, man, you know, you're supposed to appreciate your legends while they're living. I said this to Chris Tucker as well. I said, thank you for being the fabric of my life during midterms in college, grad school, when I was looking for jobs and, you know, freelancing here and there. You were the soundtrack while I was grinding, and you were grinding. Does he he recognize that? Yeah. 
I mean, I want. I I think that that's a, that's a tremendous thing to say to somebody, and you wonder about some of these players. And Dwayne Wade comes to mind. I attributed I I attributed it on my uh, Instagram today, uh, early this morning, and then I said, you know, like you don't find players like that. Like Michael didn't have a retirement tour. Like you kind of guessed he was going to retire in '98 right, from right, the Bulls, and right. you know that that's the, the end. I'm happy for him. Yeah, and, and it it just comes down to you know an. A, we seem to be at a point where there seems to be a new guard. Obviously, we're seeing a tremendous play uh, from the Golden State Warriors at such a high level. But but there are younger players who are coming in, younger and younger each time. You know, the kids that are coming out of Duke, uh, like you mentioned, Zion and, and R.J. Barrett are going to be, what, 19 years old mm-hmm. uh, when they come out. It is time for a new passing of the baton, if you will. And, sure. And, and so what do you see for next year's NBA, the year five years from now, ten years? Is it going to be a different uh, kind the, of league than we know now? The return of the big man. Um, you, you saw in the NCAA tournament guys like Taco Fall uh, in the post. You're seeing in the NBA more so these hybrid big men like, uh, I mean, somebody like Jill Okafor was a good example. Chicago's yeah. own. Whitney Young. Certain things happened in the NBA with the assist time with the Sixers that changed his trajectory. But Julius Randle, remember the New Orleans Pelicans, he had a decent season quietly this season. Uh, and I think that you're going to see more hybrid big men and traditional big men because in the NBA in the 90s, the golden era of the NBA, you had David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq. Uh, even Robert Parrish won a ring sitting on the bench with the Bulls, uh, the Chief. He so, did, right? you know, at the end of the day, I, I think you're going to see a return of a big man. And, um, you know, LeBron and Jamal Crawford and, uh, and Vince Carter are the currently now the OGs as, as, as Dwayne Wade passes that baton on. But their time will come soon, too. Uh, you know, just as, as we look at that and we wrap this up, the, the, how are the players? Are they happy? I mean, I, I, there's so much being talked about in other sports like Major League Baseball, even football to an extent, but about work stoppages or possibly lockouts or changing the way free agency does. This will bubble up a lot with NBA players, and, and um, it seems more often than not that they're unhappy with the situation. Are, they ha- are, are players happy right now? I'll say their WNBA counterparts are not, and I think that that needs to change, and I think that they should strike. And I've spoken to some WNBA players that don't get equal wages. they got to share rooms at hotels and some Sometimes fly commercial, and I don't think that's fair. During their off seasons, they got to play overseas. It's not fair, and I think certain should be things should be done. It shouldn't be just women's rights because it's a fad. Right. It should be equal pay because they bust their butts just as hard as their male counterparts. Yeah. As far as the NBA is concerned, they're doing wonderful right now. Yeah, everyone's making money. The mental <laughs> health part is the part that I'm concerned about. Yeah, how, how do you mean? Pressure. You got people banging on your door, coming out the woodwork left and right because you are who you are. And, you know, you, you got to be careful. You, you can't trust everybody and you can't take business advice from sometimes even your mother, your father, your cousin. We've seen that play out in, in certain athletes. Does the NBA recognize that? Oh, do they, yeah. do they do the teams or the Bulls hire people to protect their they, young stars? I mean, there's security. Every team has a, a guy that, that watches the team and, and, you know, when they go to All-Star Week, and for example, they hire out local law enforcement, but they have security, but, you know, they can get at you on social media. There's a lot of just accessibility. Yeah. That's a conversation to continue. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, a senior writer for Basketball Society, also a writer for Heavy.com. His podcast, Scoop B. Radio, can be found everywhere. Brandon, pl- pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming in studio and talking NBA with us on Extension 720. An honor. Scoop B. Radio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
moment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.